you are now listening to the west side of t h a afterparty.com hey this is kiara with the facade project podcast tune in every sunday from 7 to 8 pacific for purpose-fueled conversations with young professionals in la only on the west side of the after party radio let's get this party started Hey guys, welcome back to the Facade Project. I am coming at you live in my new studio location, joined by my best friend of 10 years oh on the podcast today. Welcome to the Facade Project, Taylor Ray. I feel so old. From Tampa <laughs> Bay, and we're from the same hometown. Yeah. And I am just so happy to have you on, finally. I've been really trying to get her on my show, guys, because she just has such an amazing, incredible story, journey, and I really just wanted to sit down and talk with you today about every single thing that we've been through as friends you know what I mean you and your personal journey and like coming to LA so let's just dive into it I'm so excited I'm so geeked out oh my gosh yeah so I first just want to give a quick shout out to the after party, uh, the after party radio West for having me. Um, shout out to Montana and shout out to Brittany. I'm so happy to be here um, in my new location in Inglewood. So Taylor graduated from Spelman College, Woo! and we actually went to the same high school. We've been friends for ten years, and old, <laughs> so old. We're so old. We have such a history. Um, you know, like. Joining the choir and just seeing another black girl at my school was just, it was really special for me. My mom like literally was like, Kiara, you should be friends with her. You know, like I kind of saw you as like an older kind of role model from Jump and I just wanted to know more about you. So literally that first year that we met each other, we were, um, we were doing a play, a musical, Grease, and I was all up under her just trying to like be her best friend and she totally like curved me. Like, get out of here, stay in your lane kind of thing. So it's just really cool to see our journey from, like, where we started then to now being in L.A. from a small town in Florida to coming all the way out to the West Coast and really just thriving and making our dreams come true and, you know, going on different paths, yet our our paths converged a little bit. I think that's so telling of, like, our friendship. Absolutely. And, you know, it was kind of, like, written in the stars for us. Oh, okay. Poetics. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, we got to take it back to high school because I have to like clear my name. Um, first of all, I think there's something to be said, like the dangers of tokenism, because certainly I was, you know, for a while in that space, the only, um, if not one of the first. And I think there's a lot of like, um, glamour and emphasis put on being the first, but my comfort level, my joy, my happiness, like went through the roof when you came in, because Mm. it's like, even though being the first is you know, or being one of the few, you know, who infiltrate a space is considered so great. I think the real success and the real win is when like 100 more people come with you because then that's camaraderie. And, and I might've given you the cold shoulder, but it's only because I was trying to like fit in with the older kids and you were like this geeky little like freshman. And I was like, her braces, I can't. But at the end of the day, like I couldn't resist. I literally couldn't. I love it. Well, you know, so being in in high school with you and just 
kind of like learning what you wanted to do. I remember hearing like you wanted to be a writer and yeah. like study film and then seeing you do, cause you obviously graduated high school before me. So seeing you go off to college and like kind of like following your journey. I remember I met up in New York with you when you were at Goldman Sachs. <laughs> oh my Sachs. gosh. And yeah. just like seeing the boss woman that you were like really shaped me and like who I am even today. Oh my gosh. So just talking about like, you and your story as a child, like being a, I know you're a military kid, right? And you traveled and things like that. Talk to me a little bit about like how that shaped who you, like the woman you are today. Totally. And you know, like what made, what kind of like um, fueled your fire to becoming a film, like, uh, you know, a writer and yeah. studying film and things like that. Totally. So being a military kid, I mean, definitely my time in Tampa Bay with you was like so much fun and I love it. But um, that was not like my first stop. And it was so weird to be, that was like the longest place I've ever lived anywhere. Tampa, I think we were there for like seven or eight years. Yeah. And I, you, you're kind of like one of the few friends that I literally grew up with. So that's yeah. so precious. But before that, oh my gosh, we were so many different places, Virginia, Rhode Island, um, Maryland. And I think being the perpetual new kid gives you reluctantly because I did not enjoy it while it was happening at all. I have so many horror stories, but you know, so <laughs> being um, the perpetual new kid, I think gives you like all of these social skills in your toolbox. And um, it gives you kind of a level of self-awareness because you get to meet all these different iterations of yourself. I don't know if that makes sense, mm. um, but there's definitely an Annapolis Taylor, a Virginia beach Taylor, yeah. a, a Washington DC Taylor, yeah. you know, um, and I think as far as film goes and, and writing, certainly that would absolutely build a level of creativity, like state to state to state, you know, seeing all this different stuff, meeting all these different people. I've been to 11 different schools and that wow. was, um, it sounds so dope and it's such a cool little like, you know, workplace meet and greet fun fact, but the <laughs> process of it was just like terrible. And yeah. I mean, you don't even understand, like it was crazy, but I think the process isn't always cute, but the product is always something that people say, like, how did you, you mm. know? Um, and as far as film goes, you know, I lost my sister when I was very young to a cancerous brainstem tumor. I was five yeah, and I, I didn't have the language to really put to words how I felt. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I like sat down and it's such a, this is such a lame story, but I think it was the land before time that I was watching and I must've been about six and Littlefoot's mom dies, which is not funny, but I'm like a sick bastard. So I'm laughing, but Littlefoot's mom dies. And I remember watching that scene and kind of just crying. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling something. And yeah. like, I can't put it into words, but like this resonates with an experience I had. Mm. And so I know that's super elementary, but kind of taking that and running with it, I fell in love with the idea of being in a medium where you can make people feel things, mm. um, things that they might not be able to put words to at first. Yeah. Um, and I think words and film, I mean, it goes hand in hand. It's like ridiculous. I've seen films where people try to like do something without a script and like we don't, they can't <laughs> sit with us. Like we don't talk about those, but it takes words to create a film. So I think that has to go hand in hand. You have to love the written word. You have to love reading yeah. in order to love creating successful films that yeah. are good, that have good stories. So from that, you know, just loving the experience of watching film, I think then it became, well, how did they do that? I was such a nerd in high school. And while everyone else was at these cool cheerleader parties, I was like watching Avatar, the DVD, yeah. and then making my friends watch it again with the commentary and like the deleted scenes. And everyone was like, you loser. But <laughs> those were my weekends. And it was like, how did James Cameron sink the ship? How did um, Tim Story 
put Chris Evans on fire in Fantastic Four. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. I hope that was Tim's story. But it's like, how did this happen? Um, and then from, you know, in my adolescent years, wanting to break it apart. Then when I was in college, it became, well, let me understand this. And Spellman um, was such an amazing and unique space where I'm learning about film, certainly production, but also film criticism from pedagogically a black woman's perspective, which is, I mean, invaluable so important so sitting there and breaking down dw griffith's birth of a nation when your black professor is standing in the front with her locks like let's look at this montage and you're just like this is amazing um and so from there it became no longer how did they do that but i answered that question and then when i was at ucla getting my mfa and directing and producing it became how am i going to replicate this and like i can do this too and i think when you're a woman when you're a woman of color it's like super cool to see these people make these films and then you reach a space of mastery where you're like well I I can do that as well yeah you know what I mean I think that's just it, it does so much for your confidence so long long ass answer that's <laughs> that's how I um that's that's where my passion for film and writing comes from yeah well I will say too like it speaks to your character because you're you were never afraid to just jump in feet first to things like I remember just watching you become the lead of like you know <laughs> <laughs> like what was sound of music yeah. and like you're an african-american girl and stuff yeah. like that could be scary for some people and like our predominantly white high school you know what i mean and it's so like, i have a funny story yeah um i thought nothing of it i love julie andrews i never once approached it like oh my god little old me i can't do it like i was like yeah i've seen that movie a thousand times the hills are alive me too girl yes i love that yeah. song it was almost post-racial but i don't really like that word because yeah. race is you know you got to contextualize everything. But I just mean I never watched the Von Trapps through my lens of like, well, I don't know. Like I was always like, yeah, 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 cool. Nazi Germany, they're singing, great. I have access to the story. You know, yeah. I didn't feel kind of like that's not a space for me. But so when I got that part, I didn't think anything of it. I was just singing. And my mom was like, did you ever wonder why we brought like an entourage? Like why all your little friends from Jack and Jill and all these like women I knew and all these AKs, did you ever wonder why? And I was like, I thought you guys were just excited. And she's like, no, we were prepared for any racist that would come out. Like she was like, we rolled deep. And I was like, okay, cool. You and your little like, you know, bougie friends rolled deep. Like, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane. The level of like the support system you need to be that kid who doesn't think anything of it yeah. it's because there's 10 people thinking of it for you and protecting yeah. you and loving you that's hard. so true yeah and it, like I feel like your parents did a great job of instilling you know confidence in you and a lack of fear really because for me like going into college which was such like a new thing and just like uncharted territory and like I don't know what I want to do I just feel like whatever you wanted to do at the time you did it and that was like really inspirational for me oh my God. you know as like your friend and like almost like a little sister to you Stop. like just my always edges looking are, like growing right now like this is so sweet <laughs> I can't like this is like spiritual cocoa butter I really can't no Thank but you. and then it's kind of cool too because I feel like I literally followed your footsteps like I just kind of followed your footsteps and like I'm in a total different like space in production and in film like I'm more in the production production side and you're more in the film and the artistry behind it but you just always inspired me Ugh. so so I want to talk about like you coming to LA because you know my show's all about the people who like live and hustle yeah. and work in Los Angeles.
Angeles, right, and who are millennials. So in moving to L.A., talk to me a little bit about your journey, because I know I reached out to you when you were like a year into your MFA program. So talk to me about like your journey to L.A. Oh, my God. So I know part of like the themes of your show are kind of like, you know, talking about the process and demystifying it. Well, let me tell you, takes huge gulp. <laughs> Take I, sip of rosé. I honestly can't. Um, it was really harrowing like when I first moved out here and that part of that is just grad school and the monster that that is all yeah. on its own but I mean there's something significantly alienating about moving across the country all my like close friends contacts were in um like Atlanta really. yeah Atlanta and and most of my good friends got graduate opportunities in you know New York and like on the east coast and so my first year I think I was just flying back and forth all the time kind of like you know I know I got into UCLA I love it this was you know my first choice but at the same time dang, I miss the East Coast. Yeah. And um, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, and being thrown into, everyone talks about the culture shock of coming from an HBCU going into a PWI. And, you know, I knew it was coming, but I, it, it, there's no way to brace for that. It's insane. Yeah. Um, there's no way to brace for it. It's painful. It's weird. It's, it's a little uncomfortable. Um, and so that journey was just tough my first year was just really strange um and then because it was also it's hard to cut no, you off but no, it was a four-year program whereas yeah, like long as some hell. master programs are like two years and it was really know? sad because all my little like bougie spell house friends were like i just got my phd in botany like are you getting yours and i was like no kathy i'm just in a long program it's a terminal degree in my field it's an mfa but you know <laughs> but you know like um it was hard and alienating and scary and you're trying something new, and um, LA's a tough town, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not tougher than New York, but um, not that, sorry, I didn't mean to do, like, West Coast, East Coast war, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's tough, and it's scary. I think somewhere along the lines, oh, well, now things are going to get mushy. Things got easier, especially when you came to town, Aww, and it was kind of like, tough. you know, a little piece of home was kind of transplanted here, and slowly, that first year was just rough, but after that, um, things like components started to align where it felt like home. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I stopped like binge eating in and out and crying and I don't know. I just started making new friends, getting rid of old ones. It sounded really brutal. I didn't mean it like that, but as you get older, you know, yeah, you start some to friends, out. yeah, things just kind of, it's like meiosis or whatever. Things kind of <laughs> like grow apart and yeah. stretch and change and morph. And I think that's okay. You have to welcome that because if you're too rigid, you'll break. And so mm. um, that yeah, whole year was real. just a year of learning that lesson the hard way. And I just had to put roots down, which is painful. Growing is painful. Um, putting roots down and watering myself, giving myself sunlight, making really corny metaphors. That's the answer yeah. to that. <laughs> I love it. And like when I came to L.A., you know, I had feelings of the same type of mm -hmm. feelings and just like being overwhelmed by it all. Like this is, like you said, a tough town and a big city to kind of like navigate through and find yourself in almost, especially in the film world. Like everybody's trying to make it, quote unquote, yeah. you know what I mean? And everybody's trying to find their footing and like who they are yeah. within this industry, whether it's TV or music or entrepreneurship, you know, everybody's here for a purpose right. is what I realized. And like um, when I realized kind of like, it's okay not to really know the full, you oh, know, sorry. every, Preach. you know, like, I wish you could say that a thousand <laughs> times because it's such a hard lesson to learn, yeah. but it's okay. It's kind of like you have to, um, decode like 
re redefine everything you know because society tells us like these are the steps you yeah. know like you should have a phd by this time and you should have a <laughs> are you not married you lose you're not married <laughs> you're not married you don't have a child yeah. by 25 you know what i mean so it's like okay hold hold the phone yeah so i definitely i, I feel exactly what you're saying and um like when you kind of got adjusted and got your footing, were things different for you? Like, so did you start to love different. LA and start to love film and like talk totally. to me about that? A little I think bit. it starts from within. Where I think the process you're talking about is spot on. You have to give yourself permission to say, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to take some time and figure out what it is I want, um, and that's allowed. And I think. I don't know if it's society or what it is. I don't know if it's like millennial culture. I don't know. But there's some driving force that like presses against that. And it just makes it very difficult. Maybe it's Western society, but we don't give ourselves enough time to just like part of figuring out means standing still. And that looks lazy from a distance. You know what mm. I mean? But you have to just like sit down and be like, what? After you've learned, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think I gave myself permission to say, okay, baby girl, what do you want to do? Because you came out here to the wild, wild west to see if there was gold in them, their hills. And, you know, you knew you wanted to make films, you knew you wanted to direct, you knew you wanted to be on set. But give yourself room to explore what it's like to intern at a production company. Give yourself room to explore what it's like to just write a feature-length screenplay and not be on set that year. You know, give yourself room to see what it feels like to, you know, everything you were saying. Like, you have to put your feelers out. Because yeah. in the end, no matter what area you choose, it will, it will benefit you to having, geez Louise, I can't talk. I think the rosé has got to go. But it'll benefit you to be able to say, I've done this, I've seen this, and I've done that. Yeah. But I chose this road. I want to ask you a question because, I was recently talking to my friends about this. Like, do you think being a jack of all trades, master of none is kind of the way to go? Or do you think like you should really hone in one craft and like really be good at the thing that you know? You know what I mean? I think that's a choice. Someone at Goldman Sachs said to me once, I was a lowly intern there, by the way. Let's not, I was not like VP of, you know, <laughs> was not playing with any of y'all's mortgages, but Somebody said, um, that's a great company though. So, um, someone said, uh, in some positions you will have to know, oh God, I think they said like 20% of a hundred things. Mm. And in some cases you'll have to know like a hundred percent of two things or something like that. Mm -hmm. I really butchered it, but he said it really, really intelligently. And I was like, interesting. And so I think it just depends on what role you're in and what you're doing. I think as yeah. a director, you should know probably 20% of a hundred things. You should know what potentially is going through your costume designer's mind. You should know what potentially is going through your executive producer's mind, which spoiler alert has something to do with money. You should, you know, know what is going through the actor's mind. So, you know, do you have to go audition for a blockbuster to know that? No, but maybe take an acting class for fun. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to be embarrassed um, and not be able to cry on cue. That's okay. That's not going to be your job, but just understand the amount of pressure that thespian might be under at that right. moment, you know, so right. you know how to handle it. So I think for me, it, it depends depends on what role you're in. Yeah, totally. For sure, for sure. And like so you're you're nearing the end of your program. Like you're about to walk the stage, right? Congra yeah. Early congrats to you for Thank that, by you. the way. Like, Thank you, girl. Such a tough, arduous program and you just love, you really love, got love. through it and it seemed so effortless, like outside looking in. I know there was some struggle. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> Thank you that it seems so effortless. Yeah. It's like the facade of it all. Like my yeah. show's called the facade project. You really don't know what's going on with in a within a person's life and yeah. on their journey until you sit down 
with them and kind of break it down. That's the key because I don't, I think in social media, some people like purposefully hide and Lord, I do not hide it. But if you come to me with a bottle of rosé and we sit down, I will tell you all about it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so. I love that you brought up social media, too, because it's like what I noticed with you is like you're almost an old soul. You're almost not of this millennial Y'all, generation. Y'all, she called me a baby boomer. Dude. I called her a baby boomer, dude. She literally is not of this generation. Like she's not into, you know, Instagramming everything like her from her food to her selfies. Like she just kind of like lives in the moment. You know what I mean? So talk to me about like. Is that just who you are or is that something that you have intentionally done to keep yourself in the moment, like present? Yeah, it is absolutely intentional because I think, well, let's just, I don't want to vilify using social media because I have to say you are a social media like goddess. I'm <laughs> on your stuff and I'm like, Stop. what even is this? Like you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, this is so cool. So I think when used correctly, it can be inspiring, interesting. I think it can be really fun to, you know, see a slice of someone's life, especially yeah. when it's like bubblegum flavored and it's, you know, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. For me though, I think you have to know yourself and yeah, I don't know. We grew up in that age where all the studies were coming out. And I remember reading them like in 2011, 2012, where they were like, we think, you know, this is going to trigger depression. We think this is going to affect attention spans. And it all kind of happened. And so I think a lot of it was just trying to protect myself because I think it is so easy. It doesn't matter how confident, smart, beautiful, accomplished you are. It is so easy to fall into the rabbit hole. Um, and not just comparing yourself with others. I think the most tragic one of all is when you compare yourself to a past self or a fictitious mm. future self, you know? And I think sometimes that's what happens when I'm like, oh, my friend's on our honeymoon. Why the fuck am I not on my honeymoon? You know, or like, oh, I look so good in 2016. Look at my thighs now. Like, don't do that. And I think yeah. um, a lot of it is to protect myself, but also absolutely to live in the moment. Um, yeah. And again, I don't want to do that thing where it's like, I'm doing it the right way because I don't think there's a right way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's, it's possible to live in the moment and still document the hell out of your life. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it just gives me a distinct peace of mind to like have some space yes. and to kind of say, I don't know if this is wrong, but like bottle of rosé, my best friend, you get things that I might not give to someone else. You know, not everyone gets full tailor. And so yeah. I think social media, that's kind of how I approach it. Like I had a great full Sunday. You're getting one picture. You know what I mean? The people around me saw everything, yeah. but that might not be for you. And it's not like to be rude, but it's just not, it's not for everyone, I yeah. guess is how I feel. Yeah. I love that. And I love the way you go about your life, you know, because I think you take a lot of time. You, you, you realize when you need to give yourself room to breathe, you know, like, yeah. you know, when you just can't go out with your friend, because I'll be hitting <laughs> you up and you're like, girl, I just can't do it like, at all. I'm, I'm home in bed tonight. Right. And it's like, I, there's no, I can't pressure you in to come out with me. Like you just know when you need to take time for yourself and like, you're a little bit more private with, with you, the way you live your life. And I yeah. think that's totally fine. Like you said, you have to know yourself. I'm a little bit more extroverted and bubbly. And, and I outgoing. love it. Yeah. And I think we compliment each other. And that's why we've been friends for like 10 a years. A million years. A million yeah. years, you know, and you're going to be like my bridesmaid at my wedding. Oh my God. But okay. So moving into um, the next season, right? So yeah. the next chapter, the next quarter of your life, because as you're ending your program, you know, I remember talking to you on the rooftop of our dinner or whatever that we had. Our the other romantic day. candlelit dinner. I know 
big deal. Yeah. And you were just talking about like, I just don't really know. Like, I don't know the next yeah. step. Like, it's kind of crazy when you have all these accolades and all these accompliment, accompli accomplishments. Jeez. Um, it's Yes, the rosé for sure. <laughs> when you have all these accomplishments, but you still feel like you're not doing enough or you, you're not where you want to be or yeah. where you know you could be even. So talk to me about like how you felt during that time. And then we're going to get to what's happening next, yeah. which we're really excited for. Yeah. So how did you feel? So um, I was like, oh, this is what I mean when undo about undue pressure. And mm. I think a lot of this is Western culture and like fierce individualism and like I've got to, you know, especially me. Oh, my God. I'm such um, like a neurotic planner of kind of like this is my especially when it comes to my faith walk. I'm kind of like, hi, God. Thanks for coming to the quarterly meeting. <laughs> Here's the agenda. This is my five year plan. Uh C section Help four. <laughs> right. I'm like, if you could just like, great. Thank you so much. Bye. Like he's like a board member who has to listen <laughs> to me. And so I get so frustrated when the answer is like, hang tight for a second. Or like, I want you to discover that's this part real. of yourself before you can move on to the next chapter. Um, that's such a frustrating answer because again, Western society, that's like not what we do. We do not hang tight. You go to the next chapter and especially for high strong individuals like me, it's kind of like, what do you mean? Like, I don't want to, like, what do you mean? Hang on. I don't want to fall to the wayside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have learned to, and this isn't unique to Christianity. I mean, I think Buddhists do this. I think a lot of people, a lot of, um, a lot of faiths kind of teach this lesson of like, relax, stand still, do what you can do and like accept the fact that there's a limit to what you can do. Um, and so I think I felt helpless and like so like crazed and kind of like, okay, well, I should, you know, maybe I should go in this direction or maybe I should go in that. And I know it sounds a little humble braggy, but when you're good at five things, it becomes overwhelming when you have to now choose from these five distinct paths. And that's kind of, I mean, the film industry is like that. It, it is a little bit like a hand. Everything's connected, but there are different paths you have to take depending on which avenue you want to go on. And I really couldn't decide. I love writing scripts. Should I just marry Rich and write screenplays on the beach? Mm -hmm. That's, you know, an option. I love producing. Should I just, like, you know, go put on, like, my coolest suit and walk right into Warner Brothers and say, get me, you know, Sylvester on the phone. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I love directing. Should I go follow Ama Asante around England and you know, help her direct her next film and then direct my film. I, I could think of all these things. I even love acting. Should I go, yeah. you know, learn the Stanislavski method and take acting classes with Chris Evans? Um, I've mentioned him twice you in have. this podcast. We're just going to skate on by that. But the point is, it was like, okay, now what? I don't yeah. know. I can't pick. Um, and that was crazy. But um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the next chapter. We'll see Yay. what happens. Yay. So let's talk about the next chapter. So you are headed back to Florida. I might be. You might be headed yeah. back to Florida. I might be headed back to Florida. You have an interview. Um, yeah, and then that's all we're going to say about that. Okay. So, okay, so we're not talking about this. No. Okay, that's totally, totally fine. So, okay, so I guess what I really want to Well, we like can talk about it vaguely. Vaguely? Okay. Totally. So, tell us what's next for Taylor. So, what's next for me is, in, in any number of states in the country, there's 50 of them. You know, there's who knows? 50. It could be, you know, we don't know. Guys, you don't know, and I certainly don't know. Um, I'm very interested in higher ed. 
higher education. I am incredibly interested in it. I think it's so interesting because your mom does that. She does that. It's so funny. And this is what I talk about with like, you know, learning to kind of like follow the current. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take the time to listen, uh, you realize that there's like, I don't know, you realize there's like a common current you didn't notice. Mm -hmm. And in my love for all of these things, there's like this center and the center of my palm is kind of like the study of and the analysis of, and I really do love academia. And so that's all I'll say about that. Okay. But I love you so much for being as excited as I am. I'm so excited for you. I'm like brimming with excitement. I think there's, um, I don't know, there's something special to be said of like the self-actualization of realizing, oh my God, this is what I want and I didn't realize it. And now I'm like, duh, like, yeah. So you kind of had a moment of like realization that this is always what I've wanted. Well, in the pause, in the pause that I was so reluctant to take, because after that conversation we had, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I had to take this pause because I had to figure it out and I couldn't figure out. And in the pause, it was like this huge aha moment, like, duh, this is what you're passionate about. This is what you love. Mm. This, all of your favorite parts of filmmaking all are in this thing. Mm. You love this. You love academia. You love teaching. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Um, that's it. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we will see what happens. But I am super excited. Yeah. And, you know. I'm so happy for you because I know, like, I've been in that, mo- that frustration myself of, like, oh, I don't want to take a pause. Like, I want to know what the next step is. And there's is. so much purpose in the pause. There's so much purpose in it. What do you think you learned in that pause, in that, like, period of I just think being? you stop. The pause forces you to stop trying to stuff yourself, your fat, like, self <laughs> in these, like, boxes, these theoretical societal boxes yes. of, like, oh, well, if I like this, I should do this. No, 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 no. If I like this, I should do that. And when you have to take a step back, you get a chance to, like, look in the mirror and say, like, oh my gosh, I've wanted to do this for like eight years and I haven't, you know, I just kind of wrote it off as like, well, I, I, you know, I don't know. And uh, I don't know, it causes you to kind of address yourself and be like, this is what I want. It causes you to think back to what you really want, not what you think other people want you to want. Oh, I love that. I love that because it's like sometimes you do get caught up in the what I should be doing versus like what do I want? What do I love doing? Yeah. Like who, who, who am I? Yeah. You know, so that's just so important. So my future, I won't be so stupidly vague because that's annoying, but you know, my future hopefully holds, you know, a space where I can create art and inspire others. Um, Okay. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. And the final, like, you know, part of this interview, I really want to get to the facades of everything because I think a facade, like we kind of mentioned earlier about like, you know, only showing certain sides of you to like your closest friends versus like people that you are colleagues with or whatever. But like, I think like what's most important about facades is like really authentically showing up. Right. And every single day doing that because it's something that you have to tap into. Yeah. And it's something that you have to realize, like, will keep your your sanity and your grace and your humbleness, all of that. So what do you think, like, your facade is when it comes to people or, you know, the world? She has it all together. Mm. And that is not on purpose. It's absolutely not. I just think I grew up in a very conservative, tight knit military family where my dad is the captain of. I mean, he's a retired captain, but he was the captain of enormous military vessels. And you can't, you're not the captain who like shows up like, guys, I'm so scared that wave was huge. Like you don't do that. (laughs) And so there's a level of kind of like, I have to convey 
that I have it all together to keep everyone else sane. And I think I absorbed a lot of that from him, even though I'm not a freaking sea captain. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom has a lot of that too. And so that's just kind of like how we carry ourselves, I feel. Um, and I, it's just like, I'm gonna just, you know, it's fine, everything is fine. My mom used to say, if you're feeling really crappy on your worst day, uh, do not give in to the temptation to put on a pair of sweatpants, put on like crisp slacks, and like your best blouse and a fierce lip and throughout the day you will feel better. And I know there's like a ton of respectability politics in that and y'all can unpack it in your think pieces, but but from what I what I hear her saying, it's like sometimes that's your armor. You know what I mean? And you have to put on your armor of kind of like, it's gonna be fine. And in psyching myself out, like I'm fine, it's going to be fine, I know it's gonna be fine, Faith says it'll be fine, my posture should say it'll be fine too. I think I convey to other people like, girl, it's fine. And that might not necessarily be how I feel on the inside, but I'm trying to kind of psych myself out. Um, but I don't ever wanna teeter on the side of like, disingenuousness of like yeah. everything's great ladies you know and that's why I'm not on social like you know like oh my god I'm having the best time because sometimes I'm not mm. um so I'm never disingenuous I just kind of you know want to convey stability and I want everyone around me to feel sane and safe mm. but yeah yeah I love that I love that I totally agree because it's like you know in feeling safe and stable other people feel like you know they can yeah. be stable like it's almost like you know they they understand where you're coming from when you show up authentically and it's like that's so important that's why I do this because it's like you're so showing cool. people that like they're not alone in their feelings of like so cool. that they don't have it together I'm like you geeking know? out honestly <laughs> Geeking out at You're this like whole a big thing. Fan of my podcast. I'm literally a fan. It. Like I'm literally <laughs> a fan. It's not even. Funny. Well, I'm so happy that you decided oh to come on gosh. the show. Dude. Thank you for so, having me. And and I do this with all my guests. Like yeah. in closing, I just have like a round of questions that kind of relate to the facade project. Okay. So who inspires you the most to keep going? My mommy. Your mom. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say my that. My mom. She's so cool. She's a published author. She's a mother. She's she's got a master's degree. She. I mean, she's just. Like dope. Also, I'm geeking she out over her. She had a book club today. Yeah, she had like, like a book talk. In LA. I geek out over her so hard. Like she's all over my Instagram. Honestly, my mom's so cool. Yeah. Okay. How do you push through the self doubt? Oh, praying and um, calling my sisters. I have so many tearful conversations with my sisters. It's not even funny. That's the other thing. It's not that I hide those parts of myself. It's that there's like um, an army of people who see it first. And by the time I get to everyone else, it's been, it's been cured. Oh, that's And that's great. a huge blessing. So I just, I, I mean, talking to them and making sure that their voices drown out the voices in my head that say, like, you're not capable. So yeah. you always have to have, like, a dissenting voice. And you got to, if it's not your sister, you know, call someone. Yes. I am, like, you're my voice. I was about to say, because I'm the oldest sibling. So yeah. it's kind of like you kind of have to have it all together for your younger sibling. Yeah, that's you know? exactly how it is. I'm the youngest. Right. And you yeah. look up to your older sister. So that's why I look up to you because I feel like you're, like, my <gasps> older sister. But, but, yeah, that's so great. And your sisters are so great. They're so and cool. I love that answer. Um, how do you handle the no's or the doors that get closed in your Ooh, face? There's a Bible verse, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and work according 
according to his purposes. I know I sound like Chris Pratt, whatever. But um, my family, we say to each other casually every single day, if something goes terrible, we're like, Romans 828. Like, yeah. every single time. If you drop the tiramisu, Romans 828. Like, <laughs> too many calories anyway. Um, and I think every no, I'm like, that no was divine and purpose, and it sucks, and I'm going to cry and eat some Ben and Jerry's. But I have to know that it's, like, purposed, and it's going to be okay. Right. right. Yeah. Um, how do you know that you're on the right path and that this dream is meant for you? I absolutely don't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think you know by, like, your gut. I know I sound like Olivia Pope, but if your stomach, like, buzzes, I mean, at the opportunity you and I were talking about, my stomach buzzes. I get so excited in a way that other opportunities have come across my desk. I've got, and not to sound like Don, Don Draper, but I've gotten, you know, are you interested in this? Are you interested in that? And the pause helped me say, no, 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 this is what I want. Mm. And that thing gives me goosebumps. And I think that's how you know. It's, it's like physiological, I think. Yes. At the end of the day. Yeah. I love that answer. I can relate to that 100% on my journey too. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Um, it'll be okay. Um, oh God, I'm really going to cry. Uh, It'll be okay. You're beautiful. Your baby sister loves you and she's safe. And uh, fuck them kids who didn't play with you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I was not ready for that one. Um, no, you're beautiful, you're powerful, and you're going to do so much. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> But I love it. I love it. You are going to accomplish so many great things, Taylor Ray. Thank you. Okay. One more thing. So it's 2019. You know, what is something that you're doing differently this year? Um, not worrying. I am not going to worry. It's a choice. It is a choice. Um, there's a myth that if you're worrying, you're turning an idea over and over, and you're getting something done, and you're problem solving, and it's not true. You're just losing sleep. Um, it's a choice. You can solve problems, make a to-do list, and then, like, leave it. Say a prayer, say a meditation, do a rain dance. Oh, my God, that was culturally insensitive. Can you just pretend <laughs> I didn't say that? I'm sorry. But, you know, do something that spiritually connects you with your fate. Yeah. But do not worry because literally it's a waste of time. And it's a choice. And it's all working out for the greater good. And you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. And I truly, truly believe that. And I feel Thank like, you. you know, just going with the flow, just sticking to your gut, like you said, is it's all in the journey and like really focusing on the journey too. You know what I mean? Cause when you focus on your journey, you kind of are more in the moment and you, you have fun with it, you know? Yeah. So thank you so much for showing like, literally, up. Literally. Thank you for having for me. For coming. I'm geeking out <laughs> even now. I'm still geeking. And with that, we are all done with the podcast, girl. Make sure to keep it locked and loaded every Sunday, 7 to 8, the After Party West. And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. You are now listening to The West Side of T-H-A AfterParty.com. Hey, this is Kiara with the Facade Project Podcast. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 8 Pacific for purpose-fueled conversations with young professionals in L.A. Only on the west side of the After Party Radio. Let's get this party started.